Hold your wet, hold your wet, hold your wet. Y'all know how we get started on this side. Quick roll call. What my Saints fans, my Falcon fans, my Buck fans, my Panther fans. What do you keep pounding, firing off them cannons, rising up and yelling out who that? Whatever you do to support your team, I'm just glad that you're here supporting me. I, Darian, in the mouth of the South Gray, the one and only host of Point Blank, period. Recording and coming to you live from the Jansport, per usual. If you're looking for me on Instagram, you can find me at underscore mouth of the South, at Twitter, at South Exclusives. And I'm thinking about changing my intro, guys. Because the way things are looking, ain't going to be no Falcon fans left. So how y'all think about where my Saints fans, my Buck fans, my Panther fans, where do you keep pounding, firing off them cannons, yelling out who that? I don't know. It's kind of got a little ring to it. Now, Falcons better not lose next week to them Panthers. I've already seen people asking to get traded from the fan base. I've seen them uh, disclaiming the team. I might have to change that introduction. I might have to. <laughs> but anyway, on this week, Football was not the only thing to come back this fall. Schools did as well. Some kids are in person, and I pray for them. Some kids are online. Smart people. But in the theme of returns, I'm going to give each team a progress report through four games. So let's get into these quarterly reports. First, people we're going to get into, because I just think it's the quickest, and we're going to get into the Falcons. Oh, before I get into it, so basically what I'm doing is sum up the four games that they played this year, and I'm going to attack the game that they just played as well, just so we have a little bit of recency in there so you know what's going on. But we're going to talk about the four games as whole, and I'm going to give them a grade. So let's get into the Falcons. Dan Quinn isn't fired. They can't stay healthy. They gave up two big fourth-quarter leads in an abysmal and honestly hilarious fashion. They have become the butt of many jokes of all NFL fans. Even Jets and Giants fans, I am sure, are laughing at the Atlanta Falcons. Matter of fact, I know a Jets fan, and he's laughing at the Falcons. I can't speak for the Giants, but even them, and they're at the bottom of the barrel. But you can't really get too mad about it because you're right there too, Falcons. In the mother two games, other than the, the games that they gave up, they got stomped out by a superior team. They're not as good as the Seahawks. They're not as good as the Packers. They were supposed to lose those games. I'm not really holding too much against them, but the defense looked bad all around. But if we're really talking about the season, we're talking about that terrible onside Kick coverage, amongst other problems in that Cowboy game. The offensive collapse versus the Bears. And I'm not mentioning the defense because, like I said, the defense is just terrible. I don't even feel like that's worth mentioning at this point. Ooh, so I'm, I'm not getting, they're not getting a pass. I'm just not bringing it up because we all know that. Them being bad is so obvious that you don't have to mention. Matt Ryan, I was watching the game and, you know, I try to give Matt Ryan the benefit of the doubt because I try not to be too hard on him. But, man, he just does not look good to me. Like, he, he excuse me, he's not, you know, there's certain quarterbacks who we hold to a different level. So he's good. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's probably still a top, I don't know, 10 to 12 quarterback in the league. Not in that 10 to 12 range, but just 12 is my cap. I'm not thinking about it off the top of my head. I'm not ranking them all. But he just does not look that good right now. In my opinion, he has some critical misses versus the Seahawks. I know the defense was bad, but I think he had some critical misses, such as that uh, corner route to Calvin Ridley. I think he had uh, critical misses in that Bears game, such as the corner route interception to Calvin Ridley. I think he even had a some bad passes in this Green Bay game, but that was, I'm not even going to talk about this. But did I mention that Dan Quinn is still employed? The team is playing at an F level. That's what I would grade them at right now. But Dan, Ken, Dan Quinn should have proceeded or quickly followed Bill O'Brien to the unemployment office. And since he didn't, the Falcons are not just getting an F. They're getting an F minus. Because at the worst, you should have fired your coach. 
Honestly, if they would have fired the coach, I probably would have gave him a D. Just because at least somebody in there is being smart. But let's get into some teams that I'm actually enjoying to talk about. That list of teams starts off with the Carolina Panthers. So I'm going to start off with their preseason. Going into the year, they picked all defensive players in the draft. And I thought it was a smart move because I liked their offense. You know, And I'll get to them in a little bit. But I like their offense preseason. So they went all defense in the draft. And I'm going to talk about a trio of rookies that really has impacted this team and paid off big dividends in their investment. So first off, Yaturi Gros Matos. And look, I'm not trying to say his name like that. But, you know, sometimes you do something like whether it's a joke and you start believing it or you just start doing something playfully and it just becomes part of what you do. That's that. I can't. It's weird to say Yaturi Gros Matos. That's weird to me. But anyway, Yaturi Gros Matos, he forced a big strip sack of Kyler Murray. Continuing a streak of forcing turnovers in games. Jeremy Chin. He feels somewhat like a rover position. That's what we called it in high school, at least. But they have him listed at the right outside linebacker, but he feels like a nickelback linebacker hybrid to me. And he's just an overall tackling machine. He's, a, he's physical enough to play in the box, but he's also really good at coverage. So you play him outside the box frequently. And then the first rounder, the crown jewel, Derrick Brown, stuffing the run like Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, that trio right there has helped build that into a growing defense. Emphasis on the growing, because I'm not saying they're great. But the point of drafting all defense and having a young a young secondary, a young defense, a young everything, is to have potential, is to see potential. And we're going to get into why that potential is so heavily on my grade in a little bit. That trio has helped build a growing defense that the Panthers are probably quoting Hannibal from A-Team in the front office saying, I love it when the plan comes together. And like I said earlier, I like their offense preseason. Teddy Two Gloves, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, the newly acquired Robbie Anderson, and Christian McCaffrey. That sounded dynamic to me to go with Joe Brady's offense. I got my videos on my YouTube channel. Y'all should go check them out. And I talked about how I was excited for this team, at least. Except in these last two weeks, winning, they haven't had Christian McCaffrey. Mike Davis been holding it down, but one has to think that if they found the rhythm with Mike Davis, that it's only going to get better with Christian McCaffrey, right? You would think that. And Teddy has connected with the other new guy, Robbie Anderson. They seem like best friends. I guess they're probably saying, you're new, I'm new, let's just be new together. And we just, we figuring out a connection. Over the last two weeks, I've been impressed with the Panthers because... They beat the, the Chargers and the Cardinals, both of whom I believe to be quality wins. What impressed me the most is the defensive performance because against the Chargers, the offense was not great. They were not great. They struggled, but the, the defense forced four turnovers. Brian Burns is playing well. Then you go against the Cardinals, and they didn't even let the, the run get started. Okay? <laughs> Kenyon Drake ain't have room to breathe. Let enough, let enough run. They, 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 he did not have any room to move. And they stifled that run game of the Cardinals, which was so impressive. And then in this game, the offense got going. Looked like Teddy had the control of the offense now. Even tried to show off his wheels a little bit. Said, okay, Teddy, I'll see you with the, with the sidestep. 18-yard touchdown run. That was, it, was, it was a nice run, man. I was surprised to see him moving like that. He had another run that was pretty good during the game as well. 
And they aren't playing bad teams. They are not. Please do not allow the the fact that the Cardinals and the Chargers lost to the Panthers make you think that, oh, maybe the Cardinals and Chargers aren't that good. No, it's way more indicative of how good the Panthers really are. And they're just telling you, we are here to compete. We are here to fight. And the fact that these things have happened so quickly, that's what has me looking high for them. They're 2-2, two and two and they're on the uptick. So, if you're going through the first two games where they were competing against the Bucks and the Raiders, you could make an argument they should have won that Raider game. And this is a team that really wasn't supposed to be good this year. I think I had them going like 2-14, and 3-13. And and that was probably a bit harsh even before the season started. But ultimately, the team's goal was to gel together. And they did that way quicker than I thought, and I think even they thought. So I'm going to give them a, a B plus. Because they still got a little room to grow. I didn't want to give them an A, but it was it was on the table of doing. It's not the record. It's not about how good they are as a team. It's just about the fact that they gelled and their team goal was to gel this year. And they did it within four games. So I have to give them a high four-game uh, grade. Now let's move into the, to the New Orleans Saints. Look, this is This was a tough quarterly report for me. Through week four, you know, or week three, it was like, oh, my gosh. Listen, you know what? This just ain't going to be the year. And I'm going with B, B minus because of week four. In my opinion, they should be 4-0. and They should be 4-0. You know what? Let me say 3-1 and because they just did not show up to play against the Raiders. The Raiders showed up and were the better team that day. That shouldn't happen, so I want to say 4-0, and but... I said when I said the Saints were going to go 14 and 2 that they'll probably end up just losing and giving up a game. It's like, what? Really? And I was right. So there you go. That's the third. That's that's another game. It's another loss. They were in position to beat the Packers, but a bad fumble by Taysom Hill took away any momentum the Saints had, transferred it to the Packers, and everything was lost from there. The Saints had that game in their grasp, and in my opinion, they should have won that game. The Saints are supposed to win that game, but they weren't they weren't disciplined. Lost that to a lack of focus and a lack of energy. The offense played limited even with Alvin Kamara hooping out his mind. The defense didn't look good. And I, after that game, I called the Saints an average team. And I meant it. I meant that. That wasn't for video purposes or anything. I truly meant that they were an average ball club. You know, that may not seem like much, but I thought they were going to be the second best team in the NFL. And for the first three weeks, the question was, is Drew Brees washed? He definitely looked the part, looked scared to throw the ball. His season started off inaccurate. Then week four happened. And AK called it, you know, it's a game that will make people shut up. And I'm shutting up. Actually, I'm not shutting up because I got way more to say. <laughs> but I'm 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 shutting up on these on this Drew Brees is done thing, and I'm gonna tell you why. Drew Brees is one game. I know you say it's just one game, but the Bree, Brees and the Saints have reinstalled confidence back in the Who That Nation. And until I come back and I tell you why, because we got vibe of the week, I need y'all to listen to Return of the Brees. I mean, I mean, excuse me. <laughs> I need y'all to listen to Return of the Mac. And if you're in the car, turn it up. You better hit that first note.
Before I get into Drew Brees, I want to set up the pregame picture. The Saints go into the game missing two out of three of their top receiving threats. They missed in the starting left guard, both of their starting corners. And I would say they're missing Davenport, but let's let's be real. You can't really miss somebody who hasn't been there all season. And then they had a pregame COVID scare where they're wondering if the game's even going to be played. Those who were aware went to sleep wondering if the game would even be played tomorrow. But the Saints put on their best showing of the year. In the pregame huddle, Drew Brees said this. Tell me this. Why wouldn't we come out here right here right now and turn loose? Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't we come out here right now with all that swagger? That's what I want to see. Yeah. I want to see some swagger. Yeah. And he did turn it loose. He did. He said he was going to do it at the beginning of the year. And that's why we we're so disappointed because you talking all this tough talk. We know this is our last year. You said you were going to turn it loose. Where are you turning the loose at? But this game, he did. And I like to mention that Drew Brees has continued his streak of fixing the problems week by week. In the first week against the Raiders, I was like, wow, this guy is so inaccurate this year. What's going on? He came back more accurate against Green Bay. In Green Bay, I still wasn't satisfied. I said, wow, he's pulling the trigger. Or he's not pulling the trigger. Then he comes out and he's firing that mug. From the second pass, he looked decisive. And you got to say second because the first pass was a tip slant that went for an interception. But from that second pass, you could tell it. He was making decisions quicker. I talked about how he pulled the trigger to Emmanuel Sanders at the end of the first half in the Packers game. And I was like, that should have been a wake-up call to start doing it. And Breeze said something to Sanders about that being their moment during this week leading up to this game. He pulled the trigger. Sanders had 93 yards this week. Looked like they really found a connection. That throw to Traquan Smith at the end of the game was beautiful, and the catch was even better. Alvin Kamara is still a monster. Still a monster. And that was my favorite part of the game. And I'm saying all of this about Breeze, and he only threw 25 times. My favorite part is Alvin Kamara. Latavius Murray. The run was working, and they stuck to it. That running back tandem mixed or had 33 times running the ball. Then they mixed in a little Deontay Harris, a little Taysom Hill. And I love the fact that we saw Breeze hit a rhythm and it didn't become a game where Breeze was just throwing all the time. He hit his rhythm without coming at the expense of the running game. 
I genuinely feel like this is how the Saints should play every week. And if this leads to a better run-pass balance, then the Saints-Lions matchup will be more than just a win that saved them from starting 1-3 and and possibly saving their season. This could be a defining moment for the 2020 Saints team. The defense played well, got pressure, got off the field, and was disciplined. They should have had a late interception, but a bogus illegal contact on Anzalone, who I guess the referees have problems with Janoris Jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore, and when they're out, they said, we don't want to pick on PJ and P-Rob. We're just going to go at Anzalone because that was a BS illegal contact, and that really would have sealed the game. Really in the making look closer than it should have been. But for the most part, the Saints defense played well, and I was I was happy with how they played after going down 14-0. So yeah, three weeks into the season, I was completely disappointed. And I was definitely in the C range, but that game, and I've seen Drew Brees do it before. That looks like Drew Brees that I know, that I expect. So it's not like it's something like, whoa, okay, maybe it's not like Taysom was playing bad through three games and he played well in week four. This is Drew Brees, and this is what I expect from him. So I'm quicker to believe that this is what I'm going to continue to get because I would not expect decision-making. It's never been about can he for me. It's more about will he. And you about to get Michael Thomas back possibly this week, if not after the bye week. So I'm going with a B- minus with the fact that I believe that we're finally going to see the true Saints team going forward. Now, lastly, you got to start off with who is currently the leader in the division. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I've noticed are not getting a lot of love in power rankings. I'm seeing them frequently underneath the Saints. And that's, I mean, I guess, I mean, the Saints did beat them, but I don't know. Bruce Arians came into the week saying that the offense was crawling through the first three games. Well, they hopped up and got to running this week. Josh Kelly of the of the Chargers fumbled the ball at the five-yard line at the end of the first half in a situation where I didn't feel like the Chargers even need to run a real play. They could have just kneeled down. They had three downs. The Bucks had one timeout, and there's 47 seconds left on the clock. You could have just knelt, in my opinion. But they didn't, and he fumbled the ball, and that led to a Brady-Evans touchdown at the end of the half. From that point on, the Bucks were hot. They were off to the races. And I really think that was the turning point of the game. If that doesn't happen, I don't think the Bucks win that game. And I think they're sitting at 2-2 two two for a three-way tie in the NFC South. But that momentum right before the half changed was all they needed. This was not the best game for the for the defense. But they forced a huge interception when they needed to at the very end of the game. Brady was out there dealing five touchdowns, and they look good, man. I'm loving his connection with Scotty Miller. I think that Ronald Jones came in, and he had some drops catching the ball. I, I can't even lie about that. But he came out, and he told it that rock, though. He ran the ball. And if the offense can continue their momentum, it's going to be largely due to the fact that they got healthy because right now Evans, Godwin, Miller, and Justin Watson all mispracticed. Fournette, game-time decision. They play Thursday. That's not a good sign. I don't know. I know I just say Brady looking good, but you missing your top four receivers. O.J. Howard just tore his Achilles or ruptured his Achilles, some type of Achilles injury. I don't know. That's not a good sign, you know. But right now the quarterly grade is a B plus, And though they're in first place in the division, what keeps their grade down from being an A for me is the fact that they haven't played a complete game yet. Week one, the offense was still trying to put it together. Week two and three, they couldn't get much done in the second half. And week four, they flipped the script because they were not good in the first half. But they showed up big time in that fourth. I mean, that uh, third and fourth quarter. 
this isn't a team that's bad. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm still looking for them to get a whole game out of them. But this is a team that you can tell is good. That isn't a question. I was wrong about Wirfs. I wasn't too high on him coming in, but that was because I watched literally like one game tape, I guess, against Penn State. And I didn't like his, you know, he was susceptible to inside moves for me. But he played amazing this year. Brady still has it. The rumors of his demise have, have been greatly exaggerated. I don't see a cliff he's jumping off of. And then Levante David is still great at football. I don't think that's a surprise, but he's still great at football. So I'm going to go with a B plus. And just to re- recap my grades for everybody, I have the Falcons who, I'm going to be real with y'all, if something don't change, I don't know if I'm going to be talking about the Falcons again. I don't expect to talk about the Falcons until something changes. I might talk about them this week because they're facing the Panthers, and that's a divisional opponent. But other than that, if they're not facing divisional opponents, if they're not firing their coach, if they're not getting a pick six or a game-changing turnover, I'm not talking about these guys anymore. They got an F-minus out of me. You got the Carolina Panthers who are a young team, and I feel like their defense is really growing together. And I think that the offense is finding a rhythm too with Teddy Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson leading that that uh, that charge with their newfound connection, and they're doing all of this without their best player, Christian McCaffrey. So they got a B-plus out of me. Didn't expect them to gel together so quickly. The New Orleans Saints, oh my gosh. I think that they could actually be the team that we've seen in, in week four. As opposed to the week three, or everything through week three, where it was like, I don't know if this team going to be that good. I said that myself. I didn't know if this team was going to be that good. But if they're that team who they were in week four, all right, cool. But the fact that you disappointed me all week three and I was questioning how good you really really were, and if you're a contender, you got to get a B- minus out of me. But thankfully, you showed me what you really had in week four. And then the the divisional uh, champs if the season were to end today, they get a B-plus out of me because they haven't put together a complete game yet. But you can tell that they're good. I'm just looking for a game where the offense and defense plays a complete four quarters. That's all I need out of them. Because you can tell that they are a good ball club. Point blank, period. I catch y'all, uh, I think I'm going to do another podcast this week, guys. I know I didn't do one last week. I kind of was slacking. But I think I'm going to come back with another uh, podcast. I may even talk about that Buck game versus the Bears. We'll see what they have. We'll see if they have all their pieces. But yeah, don't be waiting too long to hear my voice. I'll be back soon. Point blank period.